0: Another podcast episode, and today I am looking forward to having another guest on with me. And uh, even though there's not a lot of sports action per se going on, there is a lot of sports news garnering a lot of attention. You know, this, this country is still dealing with the open wounds of the George Floyd death and comments being made that are being landed on college campuses. And we see now even college athletes are using their voices to speak out against things that they don't agree with. They're starting to get vocal about some things. Uh, when you look at what's taking place at Oklahoma State with Coach Gundy wearing the OAN t-shirt and you know the players understanding what that OAN means and what type of outlet it is and what it stands for. and When you're dealing with young men, you have to realize, even as a coach, in today's time that these young men are going to do their research and you being a leader at some point you have to realize okay and I know what I wear it shouldn't offend people but that's the culture in which we live in now that what I wear let me just say like this not only am I a musician at my church I'm also a minister. So if I was to go out with a shirt on that had marijuana leaves, then I have to be ready to get backlash. First thing, well, how can you be a minister of the gospel and you're wearing a shirt that says it has marijuana and you promote getting high? <laughs> so as a coach, sometimes the content of what you wear has to be carefully thought out. Otherwise, expect backlash. And that's what Gundy got. We move a step closer to home. I'm here in the Wichita area, those of you who listen to this podcast. And now we have K-State players speaking out after offensive George Floyd tweet made by a student leader of a white nationalist group. Kansas State football players are using their platform to condemn a tweet made by a fellow student and demand consequences from the school for that student's tweet. The leader of America First Students at the school posted a tweet on Thursday congratulating George Floyd for being drug-free for a month. Floyd, who died on May 25th in Minneapolis after a police officer had his knee on Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes. It doesn't take much common sense to see how that tweet was offensive or a play for attention and multiple Kansas state players, athletes with far bigger platforms immediately spoke out against Jaden McNeil's joke with requests for change. Joshua Youngblood tweeted, and he go to K-State? No, some got to change now for real. At K-State, y'all need to do something. Uh, T at T Denson, I refuse to play for a program that tolerates ignorance such as this. And once again, you can see the tweet by Jaden McNeil saying congratulations to George Floyd on being drug-free for an entire month. The disrespect of a man that was murdered will not be tolerated. Does it comfort you to justify his death by his past? Here's a thought replying to your second tweet. If this past justifies his death, I can give you much much longer rap sheet for someone you support so dearly. Tyrone Lewis Jr. tweets out, I repeat, we have to stick together today. We need you, Lord, more than ever. Uh, Malik, he tweets out, what makes you think This is something cool to say, bro. At K-State, we have to make a change. Tyrone Lewis Jr. tweets out, This is unacceptable. What makes you wake up in the morning with this much hate? With this much hate, something has to change. And then women's basketball player Christiana Carr, a native of Manhattan, Kansas, posted a tweet Friday afternoon that said black athletes wouldn't play or participate in any donor or recruiting events until the school creates a policy to expel anyone who openly displays racism on social media platforms and in other public situations. Defensive back Jonathan Alexander posted a similar letter too. And basically, what Christiana May said, which is her Twitter, her name is Chrissy Carr 4, says, please respect my decision. The letter reads thusly, due to recent insensitivity from Kansas State students, collectively as black student athletes, we will no longer accept these types of action. If we do not see any change, we will not play or participate in any donor recruiting events a policy created against racism that will expel any student that openly displays a racism on all platforms such as social media school Aggieville and sporting events we also need to see student Jaden McNeil receive strong consequences for his insensitive actions if these actions are not taken it is a promise that we will not play. So, as you can see, things are pretty serious at Kansas State. Athletes have spoken up, and we have some more to this report. It says players earn support of school leaders. Kansas State's players immediately got the support of their athletic department leaders on Friday. Coach Chris Kleiman tweeted, our program and our coaches will continue to be part of the solution when it comes to racial injustice. I love our players and they know I have their backs. Athletic Director Gene Taylor said, over the course of two tweets that recent tweets from a K-State student downplaying the Black Lives Matter effort and the tragic and senseless death of George Floyd are disgusting and totally inappropriate and not reflective of who we are as a university or our athletic department. They are not reflective of our administration or goals. We are committed to listening and supporting our black athletes, black students, and members of our black community and taking positive steps in the matter of social injustice and racism. The school said it was investigating and President Richard Myers Stated his support for the Black Lives Matter movement. So those are comments that were from. President, as well as athletic director. And the football coach. Group ties to white nationalism. McNeil is the former president of the K-State chapter of a student group that supports President Donald Trump. He resigned from Turning Point USA because he said the group constantly cedes cultural ground to the left. According to the Institute for Research and Education on Human Rights, the American first student group that McNeil now leads is part of an attempted, rebrand of the alt right movement the new rebranded group groper is based on the pepe the frog based on the pepe the frog meme that was adopted by the alt right and white nationalists in recent years and it says to put our plan in motion gropers have returned Campus activism. Just one month after the Groper summit, ex Turning Point USA Kansas State University chapter leader Jaden McNeil, who became an active participant in Groper activity, announced the formation of a new group, America First Students. McNeil's tweet is not the first time a college aged adult's offensive George Floyd social media post has been condemned. An incoming lacrosse player at Marquette had her scholarship offer rescinded after Snapchat in the wake of Floyd's death. And an incoming freshman at Missouri rescinded her enrollment after the school said it would investigate a social media video where she mocked Floyd's death with her knee on someone else's neck. So it just appears that there is tension even in the land of college. So how do we improve upon these situations? How do we make the situations better? What consequences are there for those who show acts of blatant racism with their remarks, whether it be videos, whether it be comments on social media? I mean, how do we get past this? Because look like at the rate it's going where well, you have the alt-right. You know BLM. I mean, it's like you have a powder keg waiting to explode. Hopefully, within my next segment or so, we'll have my call-in visitor. Uh, I'm looking for Anthony Georges to call me. He has some credentials, too. And like my last caller that I had on my last podcast i will let him tell you his credentials but uh stay tuned as we try to effort that call and come back with some more sporting news the discussion as well do you feel like that was a genuine move um on the nfl's part I think, you know, even if it was uh – sorry about that interruption. The discussion around the usage of Redskins has now been waged for many years, despite many clamoring for a change. The mascot has remained since 1933, when it originated in Boston prior to the franchise's move to Washington. The original controversy. The controversy has deep roots. While it's been a polarizing name for most of its history, opposition really started to heat up in 1992. 25 years after the Redskins originally trademarked the brand, a group of Native Americans filed a lawsuit against the nickname. The case was later dismissed after the Supreme Court refused to take it up. Years later, while the Redskins were attempting to build a new stadium inside the city, Senator Bill Nighthorse Campbell introduced legislation that would have required the team to change its nickname before building such a structure in Washington. According to the Washington Post, then-owner Jack Kent Cook, unwilling to comply, eventually moved the construction outside of the city. Throughout the Redskins' history, government, social groups, and Native Americans have attempted to get the name changed. So far, no effort has been remotely close to successful. Present Controversy The controversy re-entered the public sphere last week when when a symposium at the National Museum of the American Indian went on the attack against the Native American mascots, in professional sports. The Redskins, according to the Washington Post, were predictably one of the biggest targets. A month earlier, with the Redskins re-emerging in the NFC playoffs, Washington Mayor Vincent Gray suggested that a name change should be discussed if the Redskins want to move back into the city, according to the Post. I think that if they get serious with the team coming back to Washington, there's no doubt there's going to have to be discussion about that. And, of course, the team is going to have to work with us around that issue, Gray said. The Redskins currently play their home games in Maryland. Last week, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk suggested that quarterback Robert Griffin III should help facilitate the change. The narrative haven't changed much but the Redskins' sudden revival back into the public eye has certainly helped refuel the discussion. Proposal Washington Skins Current fans already use the shortened skins to describe the team, so officially changing it to the abbreviated version would be an easy and pain-free transition. More importantly, dropping red would altogether eliminate the inherent racism from the team name, which is the goal here in the first place. Neil Irwin of the Washington Post outlined the idea further here. Rename the team the Skins, plain old Skins. It is a bit of a nonsense word for a mascot, but then so is the name the Cleveland Browns, named for first head coach Paul Brown or New York Knicks or the New York Knicks, technically short for Knickerbockers. But, just see how many fans at Madison Square Garden can tell you what a Knickerbocker is. Keep the burgundy and gold color scheme. Replace the face of an Indian chief on the helmet and logo with a picture of a football. Lose the Native American imagery altogether. If the Redskins were forced to change their name, I find it hard to come up with an easier transition. It's a compromise both sides can make with relative ease. Proposal, Washington Warriors. There's a back history here that could set the Redskins up with another easy transition. When owner, Daniel Snyder, was in the early stages of setting up an arena football team in Washington. He trademarked Warriors with an Arrow logo. The league would later go under and the Redskins would use the Spear logo in in 2002. Dave McKenna of the Washington City paper outlined that history. Snyder bought the DC franchise rights for the AFL shortly after taking over the Redskins. He said back then that he was going to name the indoor team the Warriors and registered trademarks for that name and for an arrow and feather logo and helmet design. If the Redskins were forced to change, wouldn't Warriors be another easy switch? The logo wouldn't have to change drastically nor would the colors, just the name. Proposal: Washington Braves. If history and tradition remain important to the logo in Washington, a move back to the Braves could be one serious option. The team originated in 1932 as the Boston Braves, but one year later changed to the Boston Redskins. And four years, after four years in Boston, the team moved to Washington. Going back to the team's roots is one way to stay true to tradition while appeasing those who feel the Redskins label is offensive. Of course, satisfying that idea would likely include the Braves not using Native American imagery in their logos or mascot. Certainly, this change rides on tradition, but it doesn't offer a huge step forward in moving past the Native American problem. Redskins presence now. When I come back, I will give you three more of their proposals. Stay tuned. And we are back, and we have a couple of more proposals as to what, what we know now as the Washington Redskins could be named. How about the Washington Federals? If for no other reason, the Federals' nickname fits because it flows with the brands of the other Washington sports teams. The MLB team in the city is named the Nationals, while the NHL is represented by the Capitals the Federals certainly fits that theme in the nation's capital. However, such a move would likely require a complete makeover including logos and colors. While potentially better in the long run, no remnants of Native American imagery consists with other local franchises. Expecting the team and fans to get on board with such a radical idea probably isn't even worth considering. Proposal 7 of 9. How about the Washington Natives? Again, a move to Natives over Redskins would represent a worthy compromise for both sides. While the team could keep its colors and tradition with Natives, the racial and offensive nature of the term Redskins would be put to rest. It would also put the team in a better position to truly honor the history of Native Americans in this country. While certainly not a perfect answer, is there one? The move isn't a racial one and could be welcomed without much rebuttal from the team and fans. Proposal 8 of 9, and I just about laugh when I sing this. The Washington pigskins, hogs, warthogs. Now that the Hall Gets have officially retired after 30 years, maybe the team could honor the fan tradition by calling them something similar. Peak skins allows for the skin portion of the name, nickname, which is something some will find very important. Also, Also, the name obviously integrates a valuable part of the game, the actual football. Hogs is more direct and to the point, but the Washington Hogs or Washington Warthogs both have a certain ring to them. I'm not sure I could really envision the team being called either one of these down the road, but both are worth considering if the Redskins are forced out of their moniker. Last but not least, best fit, Warriors or Braves? History, tradition, and the color scheme are probably the most important factors in any potential switch. The two names that best fit that trinity of change are the Warriors and Braves. Owner Daniel Snyder could make the transition to Warriors in a snap and both the colors and logo would be reminiscent of the Redskins days. It's a simple and effective way to continue what is appealing about the current setup while also moving on from the controversial Redskins moniker. The Braves, the franchise's original name, has history and tradition on its side. The team also wouldn't need to alter the colors or logo much. What do you think? Maybe we can see a change on the horizon. Let me also add that this report was back. least a good. Let's just say when Robert Griffin III was their quarterback. So, you know, this article has been out a while, but it's worth bringing up because when you look at what's going on around us, if you're going to talk about racism, you have to talk about it amongst all classes, not just one. And if anyone understands the magnitude of racism, it would be that of African Americans, and they should support their Native American brothers. Uh, Like I said, this article was back in February 13, 2013. But it's amazing how something that happened then with a simple name, now is relevant, even in today's time, because Native Americans have Voice, they made their voices be heard even today, and they would like to see a change with that name Redskins. So, maybe there is something on the horizon brewing, and maybe the Redskins can come to some type of compromise. It remains to be seen. Now, I'm going to uh, end this portion. But I'm going to come back later. And uh, I couldn't get Anthony Georges, but I have Jeffrey Lutz coming up later. So I will be back to do another podcast segment and probably talk about some of the very same things, if not a more sports dominant and get his take on the NBA restart. What does he think about the playoff format? Uh, What does he think about the Redskins situation? Uh, Some of you know who Jeffrey Luce is. He's on the show on KFH called The Drive. He gets to hang out with a bunch of guys that like to play a bunch of shenanigans. But with all my guests that come on, I let them tell themselves about themselves. So, check back with me later. I'm going to go ahead and uh, publish this uh, podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, share it. Like it. Leave comments. I appreciate all feedback. Thank you.